I might FaceTime Kyle this year right before the number three pick gets in and say, hey, who'd we draft so I can tweet it out real quick? Oh, I gotta yes. be oh you should do that. One. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If, if I got to be able to punch one of them. Yes, welcome to a very special edition of the People's Sports Podcast, an NFL Draft Spectacular. Uh, the NFL Draft is going on this week, and uh, Charlotte, what what version of the mock draft are we up to with you? Are you on? Is this mock draft version twenty five point seven for you? Are you? Where, where, how are you working through your mock drafts? Where are you at? Well, you know, Mark, I have like a really scientific process and I start out every mock draft I start actually has the same player at every pick. It's Trevor Lawrence (laughs) one through 32. And from there, I kind of like rework it. And I'm like, does that seem realistic? So I think I'm up to like uh, mock draft uh, (laughs) 1.115 right now. That's what I'm working on. One one and a half point dash. It's like the, the, the mock draft is... This really is like one of the great times of the sports calendar <laughs> that I take for granted. I don't realize how awesome NFL draft season is till it comes around. I would never, if we did like a show in August, say, and we were going over like our favorite times of year in sports, I would never, ever think about NFL draft season. And then this happens. And oh my God, I love it because everyone who's making content about the NFL draft is playing a different game. There are some <laughs> people that are legitimately trying to guess what is going to happen and say, I mm-hmm. think the teams are going to do this. I'm well-sourced. Uh, here are what my sources are telling me. There are other people that are saying, I don't give a damn what the teams are going to do. I'm telling you what the teams should do. If the teams were as smart as I am, here's what they would do. Uh, there are agents of chaos out there who are just like, I'm just going to like throw a stick of dynamite in my mock draft and try to get click. Like not even trolls. I guess like they're not trolling. They're just like, who cares? This is all stupid anyway. This entire yeah, it's it's uh, NFL draft nihilism. I call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're. Just, they're I mean, I, I've seen recently. There's a new thing that that happens in, in mock drafts now where you do mock trades, and I guess like this is something that people have been asking for. Wait, what? Uh, and you, we are the People Sports Podcast, so if the people want it, I guess you have to do it. But um, it, it breaks my brain, Charlotte. I'm not advanced enough. I, I'm not an analytics guy enough to know how this works. But there are mock drafts, Charlotte. Well, they, they will say, like, in my mock draft, I have the 49ers trading the third pick. Oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. And you're like, how? why would you do that if you're a mock draft? I, I do don't feel, though, that's, like that, th- that's become an integral part of mock drafts. Yes. Like, you can't – You, I think that I think that sports media people – first of all, I, I think that I agree with you. I forget how jacked up I get every NFL draft season. I'm like, I want to read all of it. I think it's hilarious. But I also think that it is the most galaxy brain time of year – for sports media people because they're they are projecting things and then second guessing their projections and then reverse psychologying themselves to the point where if they feel like they don't have a trade in their draft they are somehow going to look stupid to the You're other people who do you're you know a simpleton how, yeah right 
people will yeah. say that like women dress for other women um and i think that i you know it it remains to be seen whether that's true or if that's sexist i don't even know at this point but i do think that mock draft guys yeah. and girls make mock drafts for other mock draft guys and girls like no, they don't care what the people want they're just trying to look smarter than the other people it doing is, the mock draft it is the definition of like you're lining up for a hundred yard dash and you get you get down in your stance and the, the gun goes off and instead of running you look to your left and right and you're like yeah. Where, which which are you, are you running? We're running. Okay, we're gonna run. Okay, go. And you're like every step, you're just kind of looking like, are we? We're still going. Okay. Well, that right. is so true, Mark. Oh my god. And that, that is, is that so is what mock draft. I used to say, uh, uh, Kevin O'Connor. This is like the, the the weirdest compliment I think I've ever paid someone. Is like when he, he's a big NBA draft guy, as we know. And uh, right. um, every every NBA draft season, I I introduce Kevin on our show as the the head of the draft human centipede, which is to say that like draft coverage. <laughs> is just like guys crapping into each other's mouths <laughs> and it just goes around in a circle and you don't know who started it like who's the guy who first said justin fields is not you know a, a, a top five block who's the guy who threw that out there first and in, in nba circles i believe that guy is kevin o'connor so i i introduce him as this is the man of the head of the human centipede he is oh crapping God, into all is... your other mock drafts that is so funny mark so i think that the difference between first of all um I have a, I have a Justin Fields rant that I'm going to go on. Oh, I'm, I'm ready point. for it. I, I know you, you are. Yeah, I'll be ready for it. So I have not only this is maybe the first time in the history of the show that I have backed up my argument with stats. I have um, like I'm really going to go all in because I okay, think the fact that people do. have Justin Fields falling to any I saw someone be like he could fall to 32. I was yeah, like Chris Sims. Let's name him. Chris Sims yeah. said that. Oh, it was, was it? I couldn't yeah, it remember because I yeah. blacked out from rage. But so put, let's put a pin in this because I, I do want to come back to that. Okay. But I. I think that that to continue the the idea of what the what the draft is what draft season is at all I think that the NBA draft does you can pinpoint it to people you can be like okay like KOC started that one or you can be like I think that came from Woj um or yeah, yeah. but but I think with the NFL it is so insidious, like a little piece of information, yes. something like, hey, Joe Burrow's hands aren't quite as big as we thought they were. That can just throw that is the stick of dynamite in a lot of cases, which shows you how stupid it like. That's not somebody starting something. That's a fact that comes out that then every single person runs with in a different direction. And uh, you're absolutely right. There, There is something about it that like the NFL feels like this goes all the way to the top, but you're not sure what's at the top, <laughs> right. you know? You're like, yeah. this is like crazy that like they're, they're, someone's getting orders from above saying like, this is the talking point of this draft or like, this is the the way the wind is blowing. And if you try to like figure out where it came from, no one knows. It's like the, it, it's, either <laughs> it's a Wizard like, of Oz situation. I was going to say, <laughs> say it's either a Wizard of Oz situation or it's like Goodell on Mount Sinai, like <laughs> suggesting Ten Commandments, but like not setting them in stone. Here are the Ten Commandments. Uh, Zach Wilson at number two, etch it in stone. Uh, oh, like what? Also, <laughs> also, uh, Devonte Smith is too small. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, what? that's that might be the only take from this year that I'm sort of like, well, I can see it. He's a Heisman winner. He was incredible in college. And everyone's like, you know, he's 160 pounds. He's not going to make it in the NFL. And I'm sort of like, normally mm. any sort of any sort of weight or measurement or whatever, I'm like, shut up. You know, that's, that's garbage. But then I'm like, he's a small man, and I'm a little worried about him. I get yeah. maternal I, I, in that case. Well, 
Uh, well, let's put a pin in that too, because I think the, for me there are two things that stand out going into this draft, uh, and it's it's Devonte Smith and Justin. Not two things, two people. It's yes. Devonte Smith and Justin <laughs> Fields. Like those are the two talking points. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two water cooler guys of what you know. If 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 water coolers even exist in and workplaces, you know, and this COVID, well, do workplaces COVID, even exist? Yeah, do workplaces know. even exist? But you know, assuming that is the scene, and you're just like trying to pretend mm-hmm. like you want to talk to the draft with someone at work, you. Bring it. So what would you do with Fields, man? Do you take him at three, or is he late first round for you? And I feel the same about Devontae Smith that it's his size is an issue. Uh, so I, I do want to talk about that. But um, and in- and then there are there are teams. There's um, the Pats and the Niners in terms yeah. of people being like, well, what do you think uh, this? So we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I just broad picture NFL draft. Uh, j- just to kind of bring it home, what you're saying about how insidious all this stuff is, and uh, where where is it? You, you talk yourself out of prospects, but then guys like Trevor Lawrence, who has been the number one pick in this draft since he was like a sophomore in high school, it's been circled <laughs> that when the 2021 draft comes along, Trevor Lawrence will be number one. Most times when that's the case, when a guy is a surefire number one for that long, people start picking him apart and you find reasons to not take him number one. And I, I really felt like at this point in the process, there would be a growing contingent of like, are we sure Trevor Lawrence is number one? Obviously, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying right. that that's how like this stuff works. And that's not happening. Um, but it, it, it is just to because I, I don't know. I think back to uh, uh, the the Laramie Tunzel. That was the guy, right? The old yeah, guy. The, that was with the, the gas mask bomb. The gas mask video bomb thing that and someone like, blackmailed him with during the draft. Yeah. The, the NFL is just so preposterous, and everyone knows it's preposterous. But at the same time, like you talk yourself into like, like some of these things do make sense. Like when Coward's talking about guys wearing their hat backwards, and I'm saying this with my hat backwards, <laughs> by the way, as I'm talking about. It. <laughs> hey, don't uh, tell him. Make him look on YouTube. Yeah, that's true. Well, check it out on YouTube. I look very broy today, by the way. I got. I got my... I, I'm kind of into it. I don't know. It's not so much broy. It. I mean, it is a little it's... broy, but it's like old school broy. It's uh, I, 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 my vibe today was I'm wearing a Pepperdine sweatshirt and a backwards hat, and I think my vibe, and I got the long hair flowing, and I think my vibe is like I'm a volley, I'm a beach volleyball guy. I think that's yeah, what I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that checks out. I've got the same black sweatshirt on. I apparently wear every Wednesday, so here we are. This is my move. Is I, I've been buying a lot of college crew necks and just wearing them, and uh. I, I need you to let, let's can I can I can I just go on a slight diversion here because I need your opinion on this show. That's the point of the, That's um, why we do this show, Mark. I wear a lot of these college. I have a Pepperdine one. I have a San mm-hmm. Diego State one. I wear every so often. I I went to a game down there and enjoyed my time and just bought a sweatshirt and I'll mm-hmm. wear it from time to time. Um, I have a UCSB Santa Barbara because I love Santa Barbara. You so love much. Santa Barbara. And uh, I so I'll wear that sometimes. The point is, uh, I, I did not go to any of these schools. I do not know right. anybody that went to any of these schools. Um, but I just like colleges in general. And yeah. I just like, and oh, I feel Christ. like a poser. I, I just like, I like the energy of a college. I like a campus. I like the, the, the youthful vibe, the, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the curiosity that comes from, yeah. you know, like being in college. And you're like, I want to learn something, you know. And then I like, you know, just the, the colors are cool. Pepperdine's got a cool little color scheme and the waves and everything. So my question, Charlotte, is yeah. is this a, a – am I a loser for pulling this move? Just like wearing – just like throwing on different colleges and, and wearing around town. Do I have to have a story? If someone stops me and they're like, go waves, man. Is it okay if I'm just like, yeah, I didn't go to Pepperdine. I just kind of like the sweatshirt. Or is yeah, that it is fine. And here's, here's my take. I think if you are someone who wears um, random – 
Oh, I'm about to shoot myself in the foot here. I was going to say, if you're someone who wears random pro team sweatshirts, that's a little weird. That's bad. Yeah. But I'm going to amend that and say, unless they're kind of funny vintage ones, because my favorite sweatshirt in the world is a 1994 Denver Broncos sweatshirt that has their entire schedule on the back. Like that, (laughs) that to me is funny enough that people are like, why are you wearing a Broncos sweatshirt? And I'm like, because it has this schedule on the back and it has a cool vibe. And I think with colleges, like I agree with you, you step foot on a college campus and there's an energy and an optimism and an excitement about kids who haven't yet screwed up their lives and think things are possible and, and the world like, has not crushed them yet yeah. yeah exactly and so i think i actually um this speaks to me because first of all i love a good crew neck we're both wearing crew yep. necks right now and i love yep. a crew neck that has a um that font the exact font of the pepperdine and i also am really into orange like that's part of why i, I was the so logo psyched. too like the the college yeah, seal see? it like looks official and everything it's I don't awesome know. that's a sick sweatshirt and when i applied to college <laughs> so i um I didn't, I, high school was like interesting for me. Like I was, I was, I think I've said this before in the show. I was on, I was in, I, I got in a lot of trouble in, in mm-hmm. high school and not necessarily mm-hmm. in like big the, drug, big drug. No, I think, right. I'm a big drug the, guy. Uh, the mar- uh, marijuanas. No, I, it, it wasn't even for like being a bad kid. It was for um like talking back or you know uh, and 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 i really i really hated my high school i'm gonna be honest it was very uptight and so things that i thought were sort of funny or me having um exuberance were seen as me being an asshole and so i think i just sort of became an asshole about it so um i had sort of not the greatest record because of that and i applied to (laughs) i think i applied to 16 colleges because my guidance counselor was like you're going to have a tough time here. You're not going to know any of these. She was basically like, this isn't going to go well for you. And I think she actually, I think my dad found out that she had like called schools and was like, I'm not sure this girl's worth taking a risk on. <laughs> like it was pretty bad. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to buy myself a sweatshirt of every college that I get into <laughs> as either like a, you know, screw you or a reward. And I ended up with, with three sweatshirts, Mark. <laughs> uh, so I don't think I have a lot of them still, but the, the bottom line is that no, it's totally fine to buy a sweatshirt from right. any random school. That's that, three for 16 is not bad. That's uh, what, what's that percentage? Is that like MLB? That's you're, you're betting like sixth in an MLB lineup if you go three for 16, right? Well, like, that's I mean, pretty good. yeah, but you know, I mean, <laughs> I finally went to Colby where I got in off the wait list, like, I didn't even get it in. Doesn't matter. So, exactly. Does it, does, and, that, does it say that on your diploma? Get out that diploma with the stink bug in it. With, again. <laughs> well, I take some pride in it, you know, it's sort of it's like Tom Brady going in the sixth round. I'm like, yeah, and look at me <laughs> yeah. now, and I'm and they're like, what you're telling 69 jokes on the internet I, and i'm like exactly, exactly. <laughs> suck it yeah i th- I decided my i'm gonna i'm gonna my bit or uh, i don't know if it's a bit but just what i'm gonna say to people mm-hmm. when the haters come at me for wearing a pepperdine sweatshirt mm-hmm. and uh for appropriating pepperdine culture and, mm-hmm. and pretending that i'm a pepperdine guy um it is i'm gonna do the lebron james kobe bryant move where i just say that was the school i was going to go to if not ohio state uh, well, you, know, you like did LeBron, that to me before we got that, yeah. on the show, and I believed it you. It worked. So uh, no matter what school I'm wearing, uh, someone's be like, "Dude, San Diego State? What the hell?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I was gonna go there, but I, you know, Ohio, Ohio State called last second." And they're like, "Oh wow, okay, I didn't know that." That's what <laughs> and LeBron it works. does. It clearly works. If yeah. it works on, well, LeBron if it works was gonna on go to me, Ohio State. He was gonna go to Duke. He was gonna go. <laughs> 
<laughs> right <laughs> to Akron somehow. Um, he was gonna go everywhere. Oh, that's but so good. Anyway, the whole reason I brought this up is because I'm wearing a backwards hat, and I wanted to mention Colin Cowherd. Uh, uh, or, or Colin wow, Lee. yeah, Colin, okay. Let's Colin, circle come back. Come on the show. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say how how draft coverage analyzing football guys is is so stupid. Like on the surface, you're like you're not gonna take a guy because he wears a backwards hat or because his like hand is like a half inch too small. But it's something like we've all accepted, and and there are enough data points throughout history that uh, you know, like I remember when Josh Rosen was 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 about to get drafted like the big pro the problem quote unquote with him was like he cared about stuff outside of football yes, yes. and i i remember like reading about the the coverage if you want to call it uh, uh that of of josh rosen and and being like this is ridiculous when i would read the headlines but then you'd read the articles or read like the point of view and you're like but i kind of get it <laughs> oh my god i know it, it you're talking me into it you're making a good case here and that's what i love about the nfl draft is like i could be talked into anything i could be talked into uh you know the, the smallest thing of this guy's brother uh had a failed business 20 years ago and that proves that the dna in this family is a failure dna yes. and i'm like yes yes absolutely do not do not roll the dice on this guy <laughs> i know mark you know it's funny even uh even with with the Josh Rosen is a, is a great example because I remember being like, wait, so you're telling you're, you're telling me there there's a smart guy who has thoughts on like climate change and that's a problem. And then I read the article and I'm like, well, you know, I come away being like, it could it's, be a distraction in the locker it's a room. It's locker a distraction room. in the yeah. locker room. I'm like, I see what you're saying, Mel Kiper. No, I'm kidding. We should have started Mel that. Doesn't, uh... Mel Mel sticks to sort of the 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 physical stuff but i i love everyone you know i've been listening to a few podcasts like mock draft podcasts or with all with all the guys who who normally do this stuff and every it's like you could play an incredible drinking game by listening to a podcast and every time someone says character issues mm -hmm. um because that can go from anywhere from caring about global warming um or climate change to um you know you care too much you care too little you care about the wrong things you have right, like yeah. a long police record that may or may not be yes. fair yes. you know right yes. it's like it's a catch-all for like ooh, that's it, it it's not character sheet what it really should be called is like pr problems because the only reason teams don't take people with quote character issues they're not really worried about the locker room they're worried about what people who talk about it are going to say or what fans are going to say because like someone has quote unquote character issues yeah, you just boil it down to character issues, uh, which is is a get out of jail for like if you're if you're covering these guys and you don't know you, you you're you and I aren't smart enough to like suss through. Uh, t t Tate and I do this on our shows. We just say the situation that we, we we stole that from Mike on the Jersey Shore. We'll just say oh like, my god, right? If there's like a, a an ongoing uh, you know investigation of a player or like yeah. a coach is abusing his players or we're like of course you know the situation over there uh, is is still going on. And then that way, like we address it because we're like we're too stupid to like. And, right, uh, I'm like I, I don't have like the social work background to be able yeah. to talk about this without saying something wrong. So like the situation. So mock draft people, it's like is it is it caring about climate change or sexual assault allegations? It's all just character it's issue. All it's all a character all issue, like, and it's also a distraction. It is, it's just just a distraction <laughs> in the locker. If it's Tim Tebow praying too much, distraction in the locker room. <laughs> Right, right. Aaron Hernandez oh running god. with the wrong crowd. Distraction in the locker room. You're oh like, my what? god, Aaron Hernandez. I ever that was, anyway, you know, I worked it. I worked it. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say quickly, I worked at the Boston Globe during that whole situ the Aaron Hernandez situation.
situation. And uh, <laughs> there you go. Our our website traffic was just through the roof. That's all yeah. I'll say. People people clicked uh, on that shit. Um. Uh, so, Mark, my question is: Do you want to do a few headlines before we get to uh, my Justin Fields rant and your please? Um, um, please. Okay. All right. So, because there are a few things that happen, uh, we talked about Shohei Otani last week being yep. an absolute monster, and he became the first pitcher since Babe Ruth to start a game as a well as a pitcher. Right. That's what I just yep. said. Yep. While leading MLB in home runs. Yep. Yep. So that's a thing. I did that. I actually did that on my uh, MLB The Show. Uh, my my, I think it was 2018. That version of the show I did with with, with my creative player. Yeah, the road to the, my road to the show guy. So not impressed. Honestly. Well, also now this headline isn't true because it's happened. I, I turned it. I <laughs> I turned the sliders to all the way easy. I hit 700 home runs that season. <laughs> Nobody talked about it. I don't understand. Uh, no, this is Shohei Otani. This is uh, his his nickname should just be since Babe Ruth. Like yes. that is. I have a feeling we're going to be doing this every week on the show. Where it's like, yeah. So this week, Shohei Otani is the first guy since Babe Ruth to start twice. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. <you know. laughs> Well, this also hits on not to get too meta about sports media in general, but this 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 hits on my other favorite thing aside from draft season about like sort of the meta ness of sports media, which is that there will be there can be a stat for anything. So like at a certain point, we're going to run out of things that Otani's done first, and it's going to be like Otani is the first player to tie his left shoe while chewing yep. big That's league baseball. chew after he hit a single. Yep. You know, like we're going to get weird with it. That's how baseball works. And it weirdly, that works on me too, because I find that impressive because you start thinking about how many there there have been. If you gave me an over under on baseball games and you set it at like seven trillion, (laughs) I. I would I would pause. I'd be like, I don't know. That have that have happened throughout history, you know. I'm like, I I mean, there are how many every single day for how many throughout the like that's a that's there might be seven trillion baseball games. So when they do say that, when they're like the first left handed guy on a Tuesday night in Oakland to throw a three and a half hitter, <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty crazy. I just witnessed history. Like I I believe in that stuff. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that. Well, um, you know, as a guy who loves history, I think that you should really <laughs> lean into saying that everything that happens to you is witnessing history. Like today, you wearing history. a crew neck and a backwards hat on the show. This is hit we're is witnessing history, history folks. You are witnessing history. Uh, the the other thing that happens with those cherry pick stats is like you get to a point where uh, you you no longer want to compare to say Shohei Otani to Babe Ruth, so you just compare Shohei Otani to Shohei Otani. I feel like Steph Curry's <laughs> getting into that territory, yeah. where you're like he's the this is the first person to hit twelve threes in a game after hitting ten threes in the game before since dot dot dot. You guessed it, folks. Steph Curry four years ago. <laughs> you know what's so embarrassing, though, Mark, is that like that that works on me. Like to me, you know, sure, since Babe Ruth. But I was thinking about this before we hopped on here today, and I was like, you know, people are a lot healthier than they were a bajillion years ago when Babe Ruth was playing baseball. People are probably bigger because I think statistically everybody gets taller. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm taller than my mom, so that's science. And I think that um, it's just funny to compare guys today to guys who you know also like ran delicatessens while they were also playing baseball (laughs) you know what i mean so i'm like there's a little bit of a discrepancy here but i mean not to say that babe ruth wasn't incredible and he's probably the most famous athlete name but i also think that to me when you get to a point like if i ever get to a point where it's like Charlotte Wilder is the first woman in sports media to tell a 420 joke on 420 (laughs) three times in a row since 
Charlotte Wilder five years ago, then I'll (laughs) just be like, I have made it. You know, Mm -hmm. like that when you start comparing someone to themselves is when I'm just like, well, Steph Curry is clearly the greatest basketball player of all time in that in that case. If he's being compared to himself, like, forget it. I'm on board. (laughs) The you bringing up Babe Ruth playing against uh, maybe this is a different discussion for a different day. We should get back on draft stuff. But I, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated by like t- trying to uh, compare guys throughout history. And I think one thing that baseball, baseball does not change. That baseball and golf are the two sports that they try to put out the exact. They, they want the sport to look the exact same <laughs> as it did 150 years ago. So that way, it's easier to compare, like Sam Snead to Tiger Woods, or right. you know, like you, you want to compare these guys and, and Babe Ruth to Mike Trout, who's better. And it's like, well, the game has not changed at all so we can compare them but it obviously doesn't work that way um but at the same time like like hearing you talk about babe ruth you know that he's like yeah he's hitting homers off of car mechanics every day (laughs) you know but at but the flip side of that is you also know that babe ruth was just like ripping cigs in in between innings when he's not up to bat and his his diet regimen did not exist. He he was not taking creatine and lifting weights. That's a great point, Mark. <laughs> he was eating cold cuts as his pregame meal, and then he ripping was doing, and like drinking yeah. drinking beers and you know like doing shots of whiskey. Like that that was his <laughs> every day. I mean that that literally was like that. That's Babe Ruth. Like had a had a reputation for that of being like a guy that just like had a good time and and um. I don't know. So I, I yeah, find like that because that, that makes they, it more impressive to me. Like, you know, totally. I agree. Like back then they thought electrolytes came from um, moonshine. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if he was doing what he was doing that unhealthy, then I think you're, I think maybe that evens out with, the, with the level of like, you know, bigness or like, bigness. you know what I'm trying to, you, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you like these, <laughs> bigness. Like, like, goes, like, I got into three out of 16 colleges. Fast forward <laughs> 10 minutes and she goes, like the bigness, you know? <laughs> Suck you know, a guidance counselor. Right. Hey, and everyone that said that Charlotte wouldn't amount to anything, she just used the word bigness in a podcast. On- <laughs> so who's laughing now? <laughs> I am. I 100% am laughing now, mostly at myself. But no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that when you yeah. you you factor in um, the unhealthiness that also, you know what? Guys like Ted Williams were leaving baseball to go fly fighter yep. planes in yep. a war. Like when, okay, Mike Trout, when was the last time you defeated yeah. a Nazi, right? Like, I mean, come on. Am I the only one that thinks the troops could put together a team and beat the Yankees? I mean, if they really no, want to. No, <laughs> I 100% agree with you. Are you kidding me? Uh, um, last thing, and then we yeah. got to go back to NFL draft stuff. Uh, yeah. We have to. I, I, I insist. We simply do not have time to, okay, to well, get off topic here. Okay, well, two more headlines <laughs> okay, that okay. I, well, I don't want to talk about them. I just want to mention them as it has to do with something we talked about last time. Well, I was going to say this before you get to that, uh, okay. because this is going to blow your mind and it blew okay. my mind yesterday. Because like yesterday, I think it was like Babe Ruth Day or something in what? Major League Baseball. Or, I, I don't know. They they Anyway, Babe Ruth was like on. I, I stumbled across some threads on Twitter about Babe Ruth, and okay. uh, it, 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 it ties in well with our talk earlier in the week about alternate history, because I, I found theories on the Internet that seem credible enough to me because whatever. That's how the Internet works. Well, it's on the Internet, that, so you believe it. There is a there is a theory that Babe Ruth is at least partially black, that Babe really? Ruth has African American ancestry, 
and uh i i i fell into this rabbit hole yesterday and i was like fully convinced <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna yeah. look that up now you should look it up like he was I he will. was very ahead of the times in terms of like uh like he, he was going to like churches in harlem and stuff and he was and and he he like i i forget i forget all the, the bullet points so i'm gonna mess it all up and 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 screw it. but i it, it's an interesting like you could find you could find some fun stuff and whether it's true or not i guess like who, who really gives a damn but uh, well that's sort of the opposite of getting milkshake ducked that's like i assume babe ruth was probably just like a horrible person because a everybody turns there, out to be and b he lived so long ago but it's so cool to me that maybe maybe it's the opposite and there maybe, were stories of him being like bullied in elementary school because they thought he was like partially black no yeah. way like because his facial features and like his skin t- like he, he had like a more olive skin tone okay. so like, there, like if you read like his biography there were people like tweeting out snippets of like his biography where like he got he got bullied in elementary school and i it, it, it was like a fascinating rabbit hole i fell down so i, I encourage you and our listeners if you're into that sort of thing to uh because i don't know it's fun oh yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna check that out immediately actually yeah, can we stop recording now so that i can go <laughs> um the only two things the the thing that i wanted to bring up before we get back to the draft because i have i have a lot of draft thoughts is that um there were two fighting headlines after i went on my rant about how like i can't really watch combat sports which is that Conor McGregor sold a majority of his whiskey brand for six hundred million dollars, and also horrible they... whiskey, by the way, horrible whiskey. Have you had it? Yeah, it tastes like it's 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 disgusting. It's not even. I would it's... think so. Yeah, it's, and it's then awful. yeah, they rescheduled the Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul fight, mm. and I'm like, the only thing worse than that would be Floyd Way Floyd Mayweather Floyd Mayweather <laughs> fighting Jake Paul. And I'm yeah. like, and so I, I just thought that those were two like hilariously bad fighting headlines and I wanted to read them to you. And also it made me think that you and I need to find a way to make something like some, find a way to make something. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. And then just like sell it for a ton of money. Yeah. I think that's how business works. Well, can we do that? <laughs> like it's, if, if Conor McGregor can sell bad whiskey for 600 million, we have you- to be able to sell something. Yeah, you have to uh if if it's a service or something, you have to call it the Uber of blank. You know. Okay, like, so uh, you just have to come up with the Uber of blank. If you're making a show, if it's a creative endeavor, just call it the Seinfeld of blank. <laughs> okay. And that works in the pitch. You're just like, yeah, think so we have this idea for yeah, I mean like Rosenbaum, that oh, could yeah. be the pitch. It's I like guess what that's if thing, right? what if it was Seinfeld but with Looney Tunes? But and like can- <laughs> that's not actually what the show is at all but like that's the pitch and no, like no, you no. Get, you, and then people are like okay i'm in i love seinfeld i love looney tunes what's not the love <laughs> i'm gonna correct you on this you have if it's a drama if it's a comedy that works if it's a drama it's the sopranos the sopranos of- yeah. yeah yeah what if this is the sopranos the- rosenbaum is looney tunes. the sopranos of plus looney tunes. so you come up with a service uh like a, a an idea for an app and you just call it the uber of you're like what if we invent the uber uber for dogs and you're like, what does that look like? You're like, I don't know. I mean, I guess they already did do that, right? Like, there are dog walking apps now that you can use. To like- yeah, there's dog vacay where you can like babysit other yeah, people's dogs. You, you know what we should do? Here's an idea. We could call it the Uber of going to the beach, and someone rolls your wagon for you with Whoa. your stuff Uber, in it. Yeah, Uber. Of- or they deliver a wagon full of beer to you at Dude, the beach. Full circle, because I think this was a Seinfeld idea. Uh, this was the Seinfeld episode. This is an Uber slash Seinfeld crossover app idea of 
you you go <laughs> George and Jerry were like their assist their date assistants. Man, it's been a long time since I saw the episode. But Jerry was like, I love George said, I love my girlfriend. It's it's things are going well, but I wish like someone could carry the load for like the other garbage in the relationship that I don't have to deal with. And Jerry's like, what if I did that for you and you do that for me? <laughs> Wait, like there's like what? an Uber for relationships, Charlotte. Is what I'm saying is like so like somebody else sends the flowers or like somebody yes. like the maintenance yes. of a relationship. The maintenance for like like your girlfriend is like. <laughs> Work sucked today. You will not believe what Jessica said to me. And then you you immediately you're like, hey babe, hold that thought. You text the guy at Uber, and then you're and then you're like, hey, can I call you back in five minutes? And then you hang up, and then that guy calls, and then he's just the one on the phone that's like, uh huh, wow, that sucks, wow, wow. This that, is hitting oh, a little I'm sorry. too close. This is hitting I'm a little sorry. too close to home. You're. You, that's this, all you have to say. This and, feels like conversations I have where I'll, I'll I'll realize I've been talking for like 15 minutes about, you know, the minutia of a Google Doc. And it's like, uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm like, I'm, damn. I'm, I'm doing sorry that, that happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just over uh, um, all right. All right. Draft. Back to it. Draft. Really quickly. quickly also, we no, simply no, do no. Not, no, no, no. We need to tell the people um, that we're doing a draft of drafts. Yeah, we are. We're doing that. We have, Oh, by the way, George Kittle is on the show. We're about to throw it to him here in like 15 minutes. Maybe we, should record, maybe we should record something after and be like, put this at the top of the show. We're like, oh, by the way, we have George Kittle. By the way, we have George Kittle. Uh, the, uh, the, that's how it'll be in the work. headline, it, it, it'll, right? It'll be in the title. You, you knew George Kittle was coming. Yeah. Um, all right. To, to the two things in this year's draft, we'll, we'll, quickly, we'll quickly touch on them and then talk to George Kittle. Yep. Uh, number one, Justin Fields. Yep. Your thoughts. Go ahead. Okay. So thank you for tossing to me, Mark. That is very kind of you because I know you're a Justin Fields guy. You're an Ohio State guy. Here's the thing is that Justin Fields in January was being talked about as though he was definitely going to be the number two pick, you know? And it, and there was even even some speculation to the point where it was like, I mean, you know, Justin Fields and and Trevor Lawrence, their, their stats are pretty close. And, you know, Ohio State beats Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. And, and he outplays Trevor Lawrence. He did. Yep. He did. He outplays Trevor Lawrence. And um, in in 24 games, here are the stats that I'm going to throw at you, which is very impressive. Um, in 24 games, Trevor Lawrence had 58 touchdown passes, 16 rushing touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 7,192 total yards, 67.2 completion percentage. Okay, you think that's pretty good. All right, well, Justin Fields, who played 20 games since 2019, both of these guys, he had 56 touchdown passes, 14 rushing touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 5,552 total yards, 68.9% completion percentage. And if you even out the game, some of those stats, Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence. And yet Mm -hmm. we're sitting here talking Mm -hmm. about Justin Fields slipping to potentially, you know, pick 15. And I'm like, when and how did this happen? In In the same way that you were saying Trevor Lawrence at number one hasn't really been questioned, which, yeah, I agree. He's a great quarterback. Like, I'm not saying he shouldn't be number one. But Justin Fields has been questioned to the point that people have galaxy brained themselves into thinking Mm -hmm. that this guy isn't as good as he is. Also, something came out about how he's been managing his epilepsy, which, okay, people deal with shit like that's like he has not been affected by that in his college career. So why would he start Mm -hmm. to be affected by it? And it's one of those things that people are like, well, you know, and, and that becomes one of those things that people are like the situation. And it's like, it's not a situation. It's just not a situation. And to me, I am 
it, it is so frustrating that this has become the narrative. And who knows if it's true? It could be smoke screens. Like draft front offices love to put stuff out there that's like, oh yeah, we're not taking Justin Field. Right. And there's been speculation that the Pats might try to trade up to um, you know the fourth pick or to, to try to get him. Which I mean, oh my god, please, oh my god, but. It, Please it, no! I can't have Justin Fields on the Patriot. That would that would that would be, break your brain. That would break my brain. That would that would that's that's nightmare scenario for me. That is my dream. So we'll see who ends out. And and I guess to to put a bow on this, um, we don't know what's going to happen until draft night, obviously. But it is upsetting to me that this has become the narrative yeah. because it makes no sense at all. There, there was a point in the season, granted it was very early in the season, but I think it was like three or four games in, where Justin Fields had more touchdown passes than incomplete passes. And it was insane. like It was like three or four. It, like it was a very small sample size, but still, like I, was, I remember watching, like this is ridiculous. This guy's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, I, I will give you, as a guy who watched every snap that Justin Fields played at Ohio State, I will give you this in, in that, like I, I, the one concern I would have with him is he does hold the ball he, he he goes through his reads. He holds the ball. He 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 does not have a uh, um, a desire to want to throw the ball away and live to fight another down. He's right. he's a guy that like wants to like he's like no, I don't want to get sacked. I don't want to just chuck it away. I'm I'm not okay with that. So he'll hold on to the ball too long and then still get sacked. And except right. it, instead of a seven yard loss, it's now like a fifteen yard loss. Right. Uh, right. Justin Fields and, does go backwards a lot. I'll yeah, give you and that. <laughs> he tries to he'll try to force stuff in because it's like uh you know he's like if if I throw the ball away that's a gain of zero but what if I make this sick pass right here <laughs> right exactly right. and we get a touchdown wouldn't that be sick uh so like if that's the criticism of him that's fair and I will listen to it uh but yeah it, it is it is weird because going into the start of this college football season Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick Trevor Lawrence was the best player in football uh Justin Fields was the number two pick he was also a Heisman contender that was like the highest Heisman race. Devontae Smith obviously ended up winning the Heisman, but that was that seemed to be the Heisman race. That seemed to be the the number one, number two pick race. That was what the hierarchy of college football was. And Justin Fields was unbelievable. He outplayed Trevor Lawrence. That's not how it works. I understand that. Like they didn't, they weren't like guarding each other in basket like in basketball terms. But uh, he he on the biggest stage he played out of his mind. Uh, the national title game did not go Ohio State's way. Alabama was much better than Ohio State, but. Um, just there, there was never at any point in the season. I, I, I say this as an Ohio State fan, where I was watching Justin Fields and I was like, "Man, he's not as good as I need him to be right now." Or like he he, he feels slightly overrated. Um, he's by far the best, the most talented quarterback Ohio State has ever produced ever. And and the Ohio State has is is becoming famous for not having great quarterbacks pan out in the NFL. Um, so I don't know how much of it's that too. Like that's weird. Cause you start talking yourself into that. You're like, yeah, I mean, I guess you go through history. Like Art Schleister in the seventies was never really that good of a quarterback out of Ohio state. So like, I legitimately read Justin something <laughs> before this that was like, well, Dwayne Haskins, yeah, you know, Dwayne Haskins and it was wasn't like, good. but they're not the same person. They're not the same person. They're not the same. They're completely, they play completely different by the way. Um, yeah, it, it, it's all, I don't know. I, 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 I'm very much a Justin Fields believer, but I'm also very biased and I'm going to defend my guy. Um, but I would love it. Like the, the ultimate curveball to me would be he goes second to the Jets and it just like all goes full circle and he's like back well, to Zach right. Wilson. Because like Zach Wilson, who, you know, like I, I watched him play a couple times. He looks good. I You could talk me into him being good as well, but like I don't understand why Zach Wilson is the surefire number two. 
I think because the Jets love quarterbacks. Yeah, the Jets love quarterbacks who look like the '90s in (laughs) the villain in a '90s sports movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I really think that there there does become this sort of like, all right, well, what's the pattern we're seeing here? And sure, I totally do. I totally get. You know, like you can say he held on to the ball too long because he often did. And there were some games where you're just sort of like, oh, Justin Fields had to come apart. But I don't think that he had more come aparts than Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or like. If you're if the point of a draft is to take the you know, if the best guys off the board will take the next best guy who's better than the other guys, like I don't see an argument that Zach Wilson or Mac it, Jones are like far and away better than Justin Fields. It's weird that Mac Jones is getting uh part of the the the, the story behind talking yourself into Mac Jones, who I like. Uh, I, I I do like Mac Jones, and I right. that, that was one of the more frustrating things about this Alabama team this year. It was like I do like Devontae I Smith like the players. They're really endearing. <laughs> they're, they're they're cool, but uh, it, it does feel like part of the argument for Mac Jones is he's a winner. Obviously, he won the national title as a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but and not necessarily that he beat Justin Fields head to head, but that like he, he the national title game he didn't break a sweat. And and right. um, there's. I don't know. You put like a little stock into Mac Jones versus Justin Fields in the national title game and say, well, Mac Jones won, so we should. But then that same logic does not apply to Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence in the semifinal game when Justin Fields outplayed him. And uh, I don't know. If your argument against Justin Fields is that he holds on to the ball too long and that is your concern and you don't think he goes through his progressions right, I will listen to it. If it is anything else, if it is like he's not a hard enough worker, which is like <laughs> something that got thrown out, uh, we're not sure if his skills will tra- – any of that, get it out of my face. I don't want to see it. Uh, if the Niners are smart, they will take him at number three. I don't know what they're going to do, um, but that's that's how I see it. I don't I don't understand. He should be number two. He's the second best player in this draft, and he's – not going to go second and that's very strange to me but whatever i especially for a team that desperately needs a quarterback because they just sent theirs to the panthers um, um i do also think that there is um oh what was i gonna say i just lost my train of thought were we to use uh mac jones to the mac jones mac jones. back then hoes didn't want me now i'm hot hoes all on me back then <laughs> Um, I also love that Mac Jones sort of has a dad bod. Like I found that really endearing, but, um, and I, Oh, oh, this is what I was going to say is that a guy like Justin Fields, you know, these, these players are very young still and they're very coachable. And like, you can, you can learn to do things. If you have a coaching staff, like Ohio state has an incredible coaching staff. Don't get me wrong, but think about the coaching staff in the NFL, where if you go to a good team, they probably have a really good yeah. coaching staff too. And you can work on those things. And so I just think like, even if he sits behind some guy for two years, um, you know, like I think Mahomes really benefited from that with learning with sitting behind Alex Smith. Like, you don't, yeah, it's just like people get better. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, sure. man. Team mom, Charlotte Wilder is like, give team him a mom, chance. I, God, I know. I just, just like, be I the should... team. we go, we go now to Charlotte Wilder. Uh, Kyle Pitts has gone fourth to the Falcons. We know, we now go to Charlotte Wilder to get her thoughts on the pick. And you're like, just like, he's, he's nice. You guys, he's nice. Okay. <laughs> we should like, give t- him a chance. <laughs> <laughs> we should make t-shirts that say team mom. <laughs> Charlotte Wilder, uh, team mom. Oh my God. It's so true. Should we talk to George Kittle? Let's have George Kittle on the show. All right, we're here with George Kittle, and the NFL draft obviously is going on this week. And uh, George, it gets brought up many times over that that the draft for a lot of athletes is one of the more memorable days in their life. 
Uh, with that in mind, thinking back on your draft experience in 2017, what what do you remember? What is the big takeaway? What was that day like for you? Oh, the biggest takeaway is that waiting to hear your name called really is not fun. <laughs> Sitting there in a chair for three days and just for hours upon hours and like and like because you're sitting there and you're like, hey, I think I'm a really good football player. I should get drafted. And then someone else gets drafted ahead of you. And you're just like, why would you draft him? Like, I'm right here. Like, call me. Uh, so that that part gets old pretty quickly. Um, but I forgot all of that pretty as soon as I got my, like the phone call and then um, <clears throat> a couple tequila shots into it. I had a great night out and it was really fun for me to get drafted. And uh, I mean, but really for like all the kids that, you know, their dream is playing the NFL. So you get that phone call is incredible. And then I mean, even cause I mean, I have plenty of friends that were undrafted free agents that also said, Hey, like that was an incredible phone call for me too. Cause I got to, you know, I had an attempt to join a, an a NFL football team. So just hearing your name called and being able to be a part of an NFL team, since there's only 32 of them in the world, uh, it's pretty special. I, I didn't think about it till you mentioned it, George, but you were, you, you were day three, you said, like what that that's got to yeah, be extra yeah. I, was, agonizing. I was like halfway through day three that's, that's got to be extra tough. agonizing yeah, to have was... two full days of like <laughs> watching the draft and then you're going to bed that night like what the hell yeah no was, i definitely because i had a chance like my agent you know obviously all agents are like hey you're between the third and the sixth round like you're somewhere in there yeah. but i'm like all right third round like i'm interested like and they have all the like the picks at the end um like those extra comped picks and I was like, all right, I, there's like 20 more picks. I got a shot. And next thing I know, it's 11 o'clock and I'm just laying in bed like, all right, well, maybe I'm not. <laughs> did you like, could you like get up and get snacks or were you too worried to leave your phone? I feel like I would have just been, been glued to it. Like what's the logistics of waiting to hear your name called? Um, wow. Honestly, I mean, it's just, I had, like, I had some friends and family that were there. We had like 15 people there at my house and just kind of hung out and uh, I basically just told everyone, please don't talk to me until after I get off the phone call. And that's, I'm good after that. And so I was kind of completely by myself sitting in a, like in a recliner chair, just eyes glued to a TV. Oh, um, we, we, we all know what's happened since you've been drafted. You're, you are now the franchise guy for the, the 49ers and, and, you know, on and on and on. All, the, the accolades speak for themselves, George, at this point. Um, but looking back on it now, as, as a guy who was taken in the fifth round, uh, I'm curious, do you, was that a chip on your shoulder situation? You said you took shots right after you, you were just excited to be a part of the team. Did, did some part of you have a chip on your shoulder? How many of the guys, I'll just cut straight to it. How many of the 145 guys taken before you, do you remember George? If I asked you to like name all of those guys, do you know them all by name? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. I think he's done really <laughs> well for himself. Um, McCaffrey's pretty good. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of guys that, uh, should have gotten drafted for me. I mean, I had 48 catches in college and I was yeah. here a couple of times. So like, I mean, I understand it. Uh, but I mean, do I have a chip on my shoulder? No. Um, I was just more, um, amazed at the fact that I actually got a, you know, an opportunity to chase my dream. And so mm -hmm. I, I just took it, you know, I was like, I'm not going to take it for granted and I'm going to do everything I can with this opportunity because it's probably the only one I'm going to ever get. That is actually like my dream as a five-year-old kid and playing football in my backyard. So, uh, I just kind of ran with it and I don't really have a chip on my shoulder. I just kind of, I love football so much that it's really easy for me to get motivated. Mark, I think George is a better person than we are. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would yeah, not problem. have taken that lightly. No, don't say that about yourself. <laughs> Positive vibes only. That's, that's uh, amazing. So, um, 
George, you've been in the news quite a bit this week for probably what is one of the greatest interactions online, at least in the past year. Um, when, you know, Coach Shanahan said um, when he was asked if Jimmy G was going to be the quarterback on uh, Sunday, he said, I can't guarantee anybody in the world will be alive Sunday, which is like the most existential answer to a question I've ever heard. And you tweeted back, you said, uh, what did you say? You said, I'll call you Sunday to let you know I'm a live coach. I did. Yeah, I did. I said that. Well, just, hey, I got to let him know I'm alive. If Like, he doesn't think anyone's there. Like, I got to let him know he's not alone. Um, but then, like, did you see, like, Freezing Takes wrote on it? And they were like, hey, taking note of this. And I was like. Yeah, that's terrifying. No. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> Don't say that. You guys stop well, it right now. George, like, now that. Stop it. Now that you do have a little clout, uh, obviously with your team and you are kind of the franchise guy with the 49ers, uh, the 49ers for, for us, neutral people observing the NFL draft, that seems to be you, your team seems to be the, the big discussion point in this draft. That that's the, the pivotal moment in this draft where things could go one way or another. And there's a lot of chatter around what your team should do with the third pick. How do you, as the franchise guy resist the urge to just be texting the front office at all times? Here are my thoughts. Here's what you, we have to do. Is that something you're doing? Are you in, are you in communication with what should be done with this pick? Yeah. <laughs> right. oh, don't, don't do know. that. Don't Not shrug, really. George. Give us no, some no, intel. No. I just, no, no, I, I'd like, I definitely like to, I always text my coaches. I'm like, Hey, who are we drafting? And then my tight ends yeah. just like, I don't know. Like why, why are you asking me? So I'll call Kyle. Hey, who are we drafting? He's like, I'm not telling you. And I was like, come on, give me something. Give me something for the people. No, nah, yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever John and Kyle decide to do, like, I'm excited. I'm just excited to meet new teammates and, uh, you know, get guys around in the building that want to win. So I'm looking forward to that. And when you have the third overall pick, I think that kind of makes you, you have kind of the, your choice of everybody around. And so you have the ability to bring someone in that can be a, a total game changer for the locker room, for the organization, for the whole team. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to meeting whoever you drafted number three, whether it's quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, D line, uh, whoever it is, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting them. Nice. So George, when you like, do you think that Jimmy G is going to be the quarterback on Sunday? And if, if you're not going to give us an answer, cause I understand why you wouldn't give us an answer. <laughs> like what would your Kyle Shanahan existential answer be? Like, how would you have, how would you have gotten out of answering that question? <laughs> That's a great question. Good job. <laughs> that, that is a great question. So how would I have gotten out of that? What if the reporter asked Kyle, like, Hey, is Jimmy G going to be your quarterback on Sunday? Yeah. How, what would I say to that? Um, well, me being me, I'm going to say, I can't wait. You know, Jimmy G is going to be my quarterback. And, you know, yeah. unless we bring in, you know, if we bring in another quarterback for competition, then maybe, maybe the best man win. Um, and I just want to be out there with the best possible team. Um, and I think everybody on our team knows that. And I think everybody on our team trusts Kyle and John that they're going to make the best decision, you know, for our, for our team. And whether that's, like I said, quarterback tight end, wide receiver, whoever, whoever we bring in, I can't wait to play with them and uh, compete with them. How, how are you so good, George, of, of living above the fray with, with uh, the business that is the NFL that, uh, you know, it, 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 you, you feel like a lot of these things could, could wear a guy down and, and having to keep your head up. Like if they do draft a tight end, are you suddenly worried about like what you seem to be just above all of it and just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. And I mean, how, how do you how do you keep that that spirit about you? Oh, well, I mean, I try to be as positive as I can and I try to be an optimist about everything. So, I mean, I like I don't really everything I get told or everything like information I get, I always look at it with uh, an open mind and I try to look at it in the most positive light possible. Yeah. Cause when you think about things very negatively, that's just kind of hard on you all the time. And so I might be completely 
uh, out of my mind and a little bit loopy, but I'm a very positive person. I'm very happy all the time. So I'll take that over being kind of a, kind of a dick. So I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with being nice and happy all the time. That's amazing. I feel like I'm, you know, like here I am paying therapist for years. I'm like, I should have just figured out whatever I want what George Kittle's taking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, I will say like the reason I get to be confident in what I do and all that is the amount of hard work and like everything I put into the off season, everything I put into the season allows me to be confident in myself. Um, you know, I don't really, uh, I said on my, I was talking to someone a little bit ago about how I just um, like how I'm just happy to be me. Right. And so, I just, I work as hard as I can. So when I can be me every single day and I don't have to be someone I don't want to be. Um, and so, and I just, you know, that started at Iowa, you know, look at myself in the mirror a little bit and uh, translated uh, into being a pretty good NFL football player. And I'm just trying to get better and better. A pretty good NFL football player, also a pretty good actor. I want to talk to you about the, uh, the Kingsford commercial you were in. How did this come about? Whose idea did you pitch this to them? Cause it felt like something that was so, uh, so up your alley that it felt like you could convince me that you went to Kingsford and you're like, let me do this versus the other way around. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're not entirely wrong, but so like they, they can be like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? And I looked at it and I was like, it's actually, it wasn't as over the top as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like I've had, I've had a couple things pitched to me like that were so outrageous. I was like, yeah, like there's just no way I'm going to even try to touch that. But this was, it was like, it wasn't too much in your face. It was fun it was in my backyard and it was with my buddy TJ Hawkinson. So I was like, Hey, those are all positive things. And, yeah. Uh, really they just like, Hey, we have a hundred percent hickory wood pellets and uh, you're a guy that shows off a hundred percent all the time. Like you, you're always you, you're hundred percent authentic. And so we'd like you to talk about our hundred percent hickory, uh, hickory wood pellets. And I was like, I would love to, that sounds really fun. And then they let me hit uh, a bunch of wood pellet bags of 50, uh, 50% wood pellets. I could hit those with steel chairs. I got to throw them against the wall. Like <laughs> I was wrestling a bag of pellets and I had an absolute blast. It was so much fun. And I got to eat all the food that I grilled after that too. So overall, it was a great experience. Um, the 100% hickory, hickory wood pellets are incredible. Uh, you know, really be out the competition. But yeah, it, it was fun for me. Is that yeah. enough of my plug? <laughs> no, yeah, that was, yeah, that yeah. was a great plug. Was great. I do have two questions though, George. Was that actually your backyard? Yeah, that was my house. That's amazing. Awesome. My I don't, second like, I've question. done like I've done like three or four different things and my at my house. I don't like driving places. I like I like being home. <laughs> That's amazing. Like if someone's like, Hey, will you be in this ad? And you're like, sure, do it at my house. And they're like, uh, okay. My second yeah. question though is, you know, in the ad, obviously you're wrestling. If if anybody listening doesn't know, you're a huge WWE guy. I want to know what your favorite part of WrestleMania was you couldn't go this year, but I'm assuming you watched it and I want to know your thoughts. Um, well, my favorite match is always like Seth Rollins is my favorite, just always and forever, just cause he's an Iowa guy and I got to meet him a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. So I always love watching him fight. Um, I'm a, I've been a huge fan of uh, Drew McIntyre and I think his feud right now with Bobby Lashley's, I, I like it a lot. I like, I mean, they just beat the heck out of each other, which is really fun for me. Um, so that, that's one I, I've really enjoyed. Um, I like seeing Cesaro come up. I think, yeah, he wrestled Seth right at WrestleMania. Um, yeah. So I like seeing Cesaro back in the mix and then, um, but yeah, the, the Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. And then I was watching Monday night raw last night and watching, uh, Braun Strowman in there too. So that'll be a fun, uh, fun little, uh, a three person match at, uh, what was it? Backlash. Can't wait. There we go. Ooh. Uh, uh speed, I said a speed. WWE promo too. Yeah. I no kidding. That's I got a freaking paid. That's this great. is unbelievable. Uh, how how much is your love of wrestling uh, uh, 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to cut to the chase. Uh, as a guy who is a Midwestern guy who is scared to grow my hair out for the longest time, uh, <laughs> I have used this pandemic, George, to now grow my hair out. I have it in a man bun, as you do. Uh, you were new to the long hair game-ish as well. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, what is your strategy with this? Because I'm getting a lot of outside pressure from, from friends and family back home to cut the hair. Uh, what, what should I do? Should we hold strong? Are we, look at that. Look at that. You have long hair, man. You're, you're like, you're almost as long as mine. Look at that. What, what is the plan? How much, how often do you get it cut? How do you like, what, what, what is the strategy here? Cause I'm, I want to follow your lead and, and your, your plan with this thing. I haven't cut this hair in two years or a year and a half. I think (laughs) I'm at right now. All I do, I just, I just continually, I just shave the sides down because I don't know what I would do with all that hair. Um, I don't really have a plan for it. I just kind of let it be itself. You can tell by my beard. I haven't had a plan for this either. I just kind (laughs) of trim the sides a little bit and I just let it do its thing. But yeah, I mean, maybe I'm, you know, just getting ready for my wrestling career after football. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Oh my God. I can't wait. You're going to be my favorite wrestler. Also, Mark, maybe you should think about shaving the sides now. Maybe that's I should shave the sides. I think that's what I have to do. I have to start shaving the sides. Do a nice, hey, do a bald fade. Looks the best. Do the bald fade and and, and, and keep it wet at all. George, you got to keep it wet at all times. That's the wrestling move too. Is like you always have a little moisture. See, that's, that is when you are watching wrestling and like they come out with the sleep back hair and then like after a 25 minute fight, it's dry and all poofy. That, that stuff's so funny. Like that's like that's that's not fun. Like I would want to put it up in a bun at that point. Well, George, we had we actually were talking about this uh, last week on our show where we were like, what kind of oil do you think the wrestlers use? And Mark was like, I mean, obviously baby oil, right? It, and I was like, feels, I was thinking olive. I'm it not feels gonna like lie. They use something beyond water because like it's it's crazy how shiny. It's like I don't know. It's a whole new level. That, that's what you got to figure out. You got to get in there, George. I think so. <laughs> So fun fact, when I was in college, my senior year in high school, my entire family dressed up as WWE wrestlers. And then we went out as well because we had a buy in college, which was awesome. I think that's what it was. And we um, and so I had uh, I was Seth Rollins for Halloween um, and I my sister, I had a Seth Rollins wig like with the blonde with the blonde line in it, like back from when he was in the shield. Yeah. And she just covered it in canola oil <laughs> and just oil. And I was like. And she's like, it's going to look great. I put that thing on. It stayed in my shirt. I didn't throw the shirt away. It's, it smelled so bad. The wig smelled so bad. Everything. Sm- I was like, thank you for almost ruining my whole night. Like, I'd be at the bars. I'm like, what does that smell? And I'd be like, wow, that guy over there puked. It's crazy. Oh, <laughs> no, nah, it's my hair. Uh, we appreciate you making time for us. We hope this draft uh, experience, this, this go around, is, is more enjoyable than it was four years ago for you. Do you have any plans for the draft this year? Are you doing anything in particular? Just kind of watching it at home, chilling? And I mean... I'm not gonna lie. I don't ever watch the draft because it just makes oh, me really? think about all those guys that are just. Yeah, I don't ever watch it. I just follow on Twitter. Yeah. Like whenever the Niners are picking, I'll like I'll I'll have the like I'll have the TV on, but I don't sit and watch it unless it's the Niners yeah. are picking. Um, but at that point, I just I might Facetime Kyle this year right before the number three pick gets in and say, "Hey, who'd we draft?" So I can tweet it out real quick. Oh, I gotta be. Oh, you should do that. Me. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If, if I gotta be with a punch one. Well, uh, best of luck with the, uh, with the journalism career, best of luck with the WWE career. And if, if nothing else, you can always fall back to be an all pro NFL. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like maybe if this football thing, you could ride this out for a little. Also, you're welcome as the people's tight end. You're welcome on the people's sports podcast, literally anytime. So just say the word. We're kind of hand in hand, aren't we? Like we we should just be, yeah. I mean, whatever you guys want me back, I'll come back and I'll talk about, about anything. Like I, mean, Amazing. like I said, I live out here in Nashville by myself. And so like, 
I'm down to talk and hang out. With people. We gotta we gotta get you on to talk Big Ten football, George. That's what we need. Is uh, uh the, at the height. Of I would George. love to talk Big Ten football. Charlotte give me give me talking about Nebraska. Give me talking about Nebraska. I will I will roast them. We'll will both just crap on Nebraska together. And fun. I'll be sitting here pretending I know it's you guys so are talking easy. about. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All you have to do is say "Go Big Red" every once in a while. That's all you got to say. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. Big Thanks, George. You're the best. <laughs> Bye, George. You Thank it. you. Thank you to George. He is always fun to talk to. I think it's very funny that that was actually his backyard. Yeah, it was. That is, that's uh, it's a baller move to like do a commercial in your own house. Yeah, be like, sure, I'll do it, it but you got to come to me. <laughs> yeah, we should have asked him how much he got paid for it. Ah. i'm sure he would have answered <laughs> he was so good george kittle is like really great you know all athletes if they're good at media training are really good at not saying anything but george kittle finds like interesting ways to not say nothing and yeah, i appreciate yeah. that about him he says nothing but he makes you think he's saying something and you let right. you and i are like cheesing along with him we're like oh george 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 and then after the interview you're like we learned Wait. literally yeah, nothing, we learned nothing. <laughs> Like I, I, I asked him straight up, uh, how often are you like talking to, I, I didn't ask him, are you, who do you want the Niners to take? What do you want to do with the pick? I just asked simply like, are you engaging with right. your, your front office? Are you like, Hey, I, here's what I think. And he's like, he, he shrugged his shoulders. He literally shrugged his shoulders. I know. I'm like, okay, wow. Right, well, well, you know, he did say, here. he did say that um, when I interviewed him at the, during the Super Bowl week, he was like, you know, he really. He seems to really like Jimmy G, and he even told us, he was like, well, if it's up to me, Jimmy G is still the quarterback, so maybe they're buddies. George Kittle seems like a guy that likes everybody, though. I, I will say that. That's like, true. he does seem like a guy that, like, if I was playing quarterback for the Niners, he'd be like, yeah, man, he's pretty, he's, he's a fun guy to get a beer with. And, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, we just go, like, true. he's pretty fun, dude. Yeah, we, like, go to the beach sometimes together and have a, have a kick-ass time. It's great. And I wonder what it's like to live your and, life that way, because I don't like a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the red, like every 49ers fan is like, Titus blows at quarterback. He's running our <laughs> franchise into the ground. George Kittle's like, you don't know him like I do, man. Like he's fun. He's a fun hang though. He's That's like, we talk about Stone Cold sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We watch Monday Night Raw together all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, you know what? Devontae Smith, I, I I wanted to go on a rant about him, but there's not really a rant. It's just like, I I he's he's fun and I like him and I hope he's successful in the NFL and I think he will be. And I don't think he's too small and you do. But uh, anyway. I, I don't think he's too small. I'm worried about him. You're worried about everybody. You're the team mom hey, of these guys. I'm, I am. I'm. I am Devontae, worried about literally worried everybody about I care you. about, whether they're an athlete or a person. I'm like, I'm worried about you. And they're like, I'm okay. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, okay. Well, with All that right. said, should we do our draft? Let's do it. Let's let's get into it. This is what we're doing. Let's let's end the show the only way we 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 know how, which is with some dumb stuff that no one else in sports media would dare touch. And yes. In this case. In honor of the NFL draft, which has been around since, you know what we should do to, uh, I honestly don't know when the first NFL draft was. We should, to decide what the first pick of the NFL draft, or of our draft is, we should guess when the, the original year of the NFL, when was the first okay. NFL draft? What year? Okay. And I'm ready. Um, I'll set the, what do we do it this way? Cause like, it's just going to be a price is right situation. No matter no, what no, you no. say, I'll just no, say no, one no. year older. What if I just set the over under and then you nope. pick? I what? want, I, cause I'm going to, I'm going to guess a year. I want to guess a year. Yep. 1932. Okay. Um, 
1932. Wow, that feels right. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, my guess is also 1932. You can't do that. <laughs> So looks like we tied. Okay, next thing, uh, coin flip maybe. Uh, no, I'm going to say- Okay, I'm going to say 1932, and you say before or after. Yeah, right, and right. And if you're uh, right- I'm going to say after. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to okay. say like a few years after, but the 30s makes sense. So I'll, I'll look it up right now. First okay. NFL draft, 1936. Ah! Let's go. Shit. 1932 <laughs> felt really right. Okay, Let's fine. Go. go first. All right, so I gotta you go first. Dummy. All right, so the NFL draft, 1936. It's been around forever. It is a uh, it is a tradition in American sports, but it is not, as we know, the only draft that exists. Uh, so today, what we are doing is we are drafting our favorite drafts. And this is it's in honor simple. of our goat goat debate. <laughs> yes. We did a goat goat debate, so we have to do a draft draft. Okay, so I gotta I gotta pull up my big board here because I gotta I gotta see what I'm working with. All right, uh, I. The thing about drafts, I want to say this, uh, is that you got to think about what the other person wants to do as well. Oh, yeah. Because you don't, oh, you got to think of like value picks and, and like, you know, if, if I believe that Trey Lance is the best quarterback in this draft and I'm the 49ers, I don't take him at three. I trade down because he's going to be available later. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. these are the things you have to think about. You can't just. <laughs> so with that in mind, my first pick, I'm going to open it up. I'm going to take the NBA draft. As my number one pick, it, it was not number one on my big board, but I, I feel like it might be high on your big board. I am taking NBA draft and, and the reason why it's the first one uh, for me, the NBA draft is better than the NFL draft. It's not because I like basketball more than football. It's because uh, there's a lot of a lot of elements of players, Charlotte. Number one, it's all one night. It's a, it's it begins and ends all in the same night. Um, number two, the trajectory of an NBA franchise can turn on a dime if you draft the right guy. Whereas yeah. in NFL, the wheels turn slower and you need to like hit a couple good draft picks. You got to hire the right coach. It, it's a very... And the wheels usually come off before they go fast. Yes. But on, on, on NBA draft night, if you're an NBA fan, you're crossing your fingers. If we hit the right guy tonight, next year our team could be much, much better and much more fun in the snap of a finger. And that doesn't that's not always true that it fell. Number three, the fashion. The NBA guys have better fashion, or at least they think they do. And they, they show out in ways that the NFL guys don't quite get there. Some of the NFL guys try their best. Ezekiel Elliott had the crop top and you know they 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 get crazy with it. But the NBA guys are an entirely different breed. And uh number four, you have Knicks fans booing every single pick at the, <laughs> at the NBA draft. So I think you put it all together uh, the NBA draft to me is the superior dra- television experience mm-hmm. uh, as a sports fan. Even though football is more popular in this country, even though football, uh, the NFL had the first draft before the NBA draft came along, I assume. Um, I believe that the NBA draft is more fun for those reasons. So I'm taking it number Okay. One. Okay. There I respect go. your pick. Uh, then at number two, I'm going to take the NFL draft. Wow. Okay. Because wow. I truly, as we talked about, I love NFL draft season so much. And in the past, when we've been more able to go places, I've done some hilariously fun things for the NFL draft. Like um, when the Giants were picking third um, and I was at Sports Illustrated, um, my coworker, Jessica Smetan, and I went to Triona's, this, this bar in the West Village, and we 
captured a Giants fan on camera having an absolute meltdown when they took Daniel Jones and things like that. (laughs) It's just like the beauty of like fans. It's the pure raw emotion. Yeah. But it's also that the NFL draft is hilarious to me because it is a three day long um, television show where you are watching executives make decisions off of spreadsheets. And that is to me probably the funniest possible most ridiculous and they've turned and fans go when it's not covid like fans go to watch their team make a personnel decision that would be like that would be like showing up and throwing a party when your boss at your marketing firm is like we are adding Mm -hmm. not one not two but maybe three to five new guys in the it department (laughs) and everyone's like yes oh my god one guy's booing one guy's like no And the CEO like gives a new employee a hug and everyone's like, we hate you. You know, like it's just really beautiful and pure in the stupidest way. So I'm going to go number one NFL draft. The NFL draft's also like a war of attrition as a fan of uh, (laughs) you and your buddies sit down to watch the NFL draft. Everyone can do night one. A lot of people can Mm -hmm. do night two. Are you watching the seventh round? Are you a real fan like I am? You know, Right. Um, right. as a reminder, by the way, I forgot about this until this morning. Do you remember that the NFL draft last year was supposed to be in Vegas and they were going to, at the Bellagio Fountain, have like a boat bring the guys? (laughs) What? Is, my, Cal- is the biggest winner in I don't even want to say it, but it's like like that that is something that'll be lost in the annals of time is like COVID ruined that. And I think if that happens, it is the most absurd thing we have ever seen. That guys are coming out on a boat in the Bellagio Fountain. What I gotta say that aloud is insane. I don't not a single day goes by that I don't think about that. My when I was doing the deal with Fox, my first big pitch was going to be, I am going to try to be the boat driver who drives the guys because I have a boating license. I know what I'm doing. If I, if I can't be the driver, because I doubt they'll do that, maybe we can, because, you know, Fox is football. Like, we've got some access when it comes to the NFL. Maybe there would be a way to get me onto the boat where we could do a video piece and I could write about being on the boat that drove the prospects out to the state. Like, that, when COVID hit, my first thought was, oh my God, I hope I don't, my family and I don't die and the right. people I love are okay. And right. I hope this isn't awful. And my second thought was I am devastated that I can't do the boat pitch. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like I think about that. I truly think about that. Like probably once a day or every other day. That's uh, it just speaks to the absurdity of the NFL draft. I mean, it is. Uh, and it's also spe- speaking earlier of your giants fan. I, I do think that NFL fandom is more personal. It is more like it, your identity is wrapped. There, there are more people like obviously more people like football in this country than basketball, mm-hmm. but uh, the percentage of football fans that have a tattoo of <laughs> their favorite football team on their body is far higher yeah. than the percentage of basketball fans that have a tattoo of their, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's part of your soul cheering for the giants. And, and so it means more if they draft say a Daniel Jones and you don't love the pick, 
it's it feels like less of like my football team sucks and it's more of like this is an attack on me as a person as a human being <laughs> it is a personal attack and i also yeah. think that nfl fans in general think that they're smarter than the gms and the yes. front office i think nba fans admit that you know guys like daryl morey do math better than they do so they're like kind of okay with trusting the front office and nfl nfl fans truly think that if you put them in the war room they would make a better decision than like steve kime mm-hmm <laughs> I really do think so. And it's incredible, and I love it. So that's my number one uh, pick. I mean, number right. two pick. My my number two, I'm going to kick off the second round with, uh, I'm going to say, let me look at the big board here again. I'm trying to think of like <laughs> maybe taking things you might take. I'm going to say uh, in-person fantasy football. In-person fantasy football draft. Online, get it out of my face. Not for me. I, I, I am very much a round two uh, I don't even play fantasy football anymore, but I somehow get stuck doing my friends' drafts for them. <laughs> and because uh, they like, I have friends that are in like twelve leagues, and then they're like, "Dude, can you do like my seventh league? Can you do the draft for me?" And I'm like, That's sure, hilarious! I didn't know that. I thought it'll, that was just like basketball stuff for you. I don't, no, no, it'll. I, I, and I do. I agree to do because I'm like, yeah, it'll scratch my itch. Like I can kind of like get to know like who the guys that are highly valued in fantasy or whatever, and then right. that way I can like you know if I need to know that information, I can have it. But then I don't have to actually like do fantasy football. I don't. Uh, I don't do it either, by the way. And I I like read mock fantasy drafts so that if I have to for my job, I know what I'm talking about. But I can't stand fantasy football. <laughs> fantasy football is it's it's very very frustrating. But uh. Online drafts are stupid. I, I, mm-hmm. I do one every single year from one of my friends, and um, I inevitably, by round three, have just clicked the auto-draft. I'm like, this isn't half as fun as I I, I want it to be, and then I just kind of like let it ride. Uh, In-person's fun, though. Like, you go to you go to a bar, uh, you, you, you all get together, you go to a buddy's house, and you do it in person, and it's just like guys being dudes for the most part. At least that's what my leagues have always been when I've done uh, in-person fantasy drafts. And uh, it's less about like drafting and more about just hanging out with with the dudes and the fellas. And uh, I guess every so often there's maybe someone's wife is in the league and she'll show up. And um, but I don't know. I've only done it twice, but it's it was always like a ton of fun. And it's uh, just like and, and, and you can like boo in person someone's pick and you can like punch guys in the arm if they take a guy that you wanted. And the whole thing, the whole scene is great and I love it. And uh that's why it's number two. Okay. 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 Yeah. I dig it. Um, my pick. Uh, is this a number? What pick? This is would this? be number two. This would be number two. Yeah. Okay. My my, my number two pick is a good final draft. Okay. Like if I've written something that I am happy with. And mm-hmm. I have a final draft of it that I know is going to be the thing that gets published and I'm not embarrassed or worried about what the internet's going to think. It is an amazing feeling because I'm like, I did my job. I did it well. I don't think I'm going to get yelled at on the internet. I think my bosses are going to be happy because I'm doing stuff and we might get clicks for this. And yeah. it means that I have completed something and I don't have to keep writing it. And that is one of my favorite feelings. And I'm not quite yet... It had it, not enough time has passed that I'm freaking out about what the next thing I'm going to write is. Like the moment I'm done, I'm like, we did it. It is, uh, it is a very rare feeling to be done writing something and go back and read it and be like, this doesn't suck. Wow. Yeah. Or you're like, this kind of slaps. Like <laughs> this is, yeah. Like I'm not. Okay. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. This is this is not bad. Like wow, I I killed it there. And then, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's been a yeah. long time since I've had that feeling, but uh. 
I Saint remember Mark. this. Day, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I'm writing. I'm doing a reaction piece off of the draft, um, especially if the Pats, you know, trade up and do something nuts. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I really hope I don't hate this when it's done. But there's a good chance to do. <laughs> um, all right, you go. All right. Uh, final draft is good. Um, I am going to with my third but it, pick. But, but, but no, no, no. Wait, sorry. A good final draft. A good draft. final draft. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yep. A good good final draft. Bad yep. final drafts aren't as good as good I final I hate drafts. bad final drafts. <laughs> um, for my number three pick, I'm going to go with draft beer. Um, I think draft beer is uh, the superior beer. I know th- this has become... Uh, I don't know. And and the circles I run in, um, there was a, there was a period of time where craft beer was Mm -hmm. like, you know, that was all the rage. I have since like aged out of that. I think like I've gotten old enough to where I'm like, just give me a Coors Light. Like I, I, I do enjoy, I understand that it doesn't taste or perhaps a Dos Equis or a Dos Equis. It, I, I understand it does not taste as good as the, the craft beer that has 700 calories in it and has been, you know, handled with care for whatever i understand that i just want to like hammer some beers on the beach so whatever um but the new debate or like the new it's not really a debate but it's just like the the talking point is like if if you do say give me a dos equis or a coors light and they say we have it on tap we have it in bottles we have it in cans which one would you like i always take draft and some people uh cans had a had a moment there charlotte for a while people people swore by cans being better people sworn by bottles being better yep I still like the draft and I know there's going to be a lot of people that write in and say like, don't do draft beers because I worked at a bar and we don't ever clean the taps and we don't ever clean the hoses and this and that. And and like, that's why cans are better. Just get a can and a glass, pop the can, pour it into the glass. That's the best way to do it. I say you're wrong. I say all of that flavor from the hose that you haven't cleaned in seven years, that is part of the experience. I want to taste that in my beer. I want to build my immune system. Okay, I was going to say, I just read an article in the New York Times that says if we sanitize too much, we're going to screw our immune systems over. Bacteria can be good. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, All of you that are getting the COVID vaccine and have adverse reactions to it, uh, it's probably because you were not slamming draft beers. Yeah, you weren't weren't (laughs) going to college bars that haven't cleaned their lines ever in in 30 years of existing and uh, slamming cheap cheap beers. And uh, I I think that's why my immune system is superior. And uh, that's that. (laughs) If you ever ever drank a draft beer from Mainly Brews in Waterville, Maine, don't worry about what's in the vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's the joke format. I forgot. Yeah, there you go. Don't worry about what's in the vaccine. Uh, Uh, Okay, this is the first one. This is the first one I'm going to... I'm a little bummed about because I also I thought about taking it higher, but I were uh, I probably hmm. well, you know what? Live and learn back to the big board. Um, I also love a draft beer like going to going to a bar and sitting down and like the bar is like gross and sweaty and someone gives you this like cold. I really want to go to a bar. Okay, anyway, uh, in that in that vein, I am going to take a draft. Wait. Hold on. I need to look at this. I need to I need to reverse psychology you mm-hmm. for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, think you know about what? It, Charlotte. I don't know. I think my next two top picks are gonna be safe here. So I'm gonna go with um a draft um nitro cold brew. <laughs> 
There are the the only thing more <laughs> satisfying to me than a draft beer is is um, the kind of iced coffee that comes out of a tap that's a little frothy that is like injecting straight is energy into your veins it like makes your heart palpitate but it's different from from it like there's some sort of foaminess to it from the tap that makes it so good and it's just coffee it's just it's yes. not like a but latte it's, but, but, or it's, a, but it's like with nitrate gas or something so that it makes it sort of like I don't understand, Mark. So I don't like know. Doing, you're, you're having a cup of coffee and a Whippet at the same time. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> Remember okay. when we had a whole joke about felt, Whippets that we had to cut out from one podcast? It wasn't a joke. It was me, right. Sorry, sharing, you're right. it was me sharing a story. <laughs> right. We had to cut that out. Anyway, cut uh, out. moving on. What's your pick? Um, so you're, you're a cold brew person. I, uh, I got into coffee, as I've told you, uh, during the pandemic, and I'm strictly uh, – I, I've only ever had black coffee that's hot. That's it. That's all so, I've ever no, had. No, so, no, no, no. It, it's special. So I, every morning, I prefer hot coffee. But if it's, like, 2 p.m. and I have a – like, it's nice out and I go for a walk and I need a little pick-me-up, a cold brew is, like – co- an iced coffee is just – it's a special right. treat for me. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm such a loser. I like no. I'm no. The, the people. I, cold cold brew does feel like the next evolution of coffee, and that like I people were were you know like a lot of friends would be like I'm running Starbucks. Do you need anything? And I would say I don't drink coffee. And they'd be like, What? You don't what? How? Right. And then you're uh, like, So now that I drink coffee, yeah. It's still not enough. And I feel like the next, like those same friends are like, dude, hot coffee. What is this? Like 1974? Are you a receptionist for, for Don Draper, dude? Like, what are you doing drinking black? Hot? Like, come on, dude. You got to drink the nitro. Awful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I feel the urge to drink the cold brew, but at the same time, I'm like, that's not like, cause give it a try. Try a draft nitro cold brew. You'll be wired. That doesn't feel like what like for me it's the, the aesthetic play. This is this is the draft beer thing too, is like it's not about the taste of the beer, it's it's about the aesthetic. It's about Sam Malone hitting the tap, sliding the beer down to Norm at the corner of you know, at the corner bar seat. Like that's the whole visual, that's the aesthetic I want to feel with the well, draft beer. I, I that's what I want with the coffee too, is the pot. You, you, you got the guy coming. You got the lady coming around at the diner with two pots. You want decaf or the the real stuff? And I'm like, come on, lady. And she's like, ah. And then she pours the like. That's what I want, Charlotte. So anyway. Yes, I know, I know. But hear me out, Mark. The the cold brew version can also be that because there's like a layer of foaminess at the top, and you have it on a hot day, and you're holding it, walking down the street, and you don't have to finish it, but you just have it. And it's something to hold and it's like an activity to do or an excuse to go for a walk. Like it, trust me, it, there is an aesthetic play that you will discover when you're older. All right. All right. <laughs> when I'm older, I'm older than you are. I know. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Moving on. My fourth pick in this draft. I cannot believe this is still on the board. This is a, uh, this should have been number one. This was number one on my big board. I didn't think you'd take it though. So uh, this is a, uh, this, this is a be big value pick. pick. This is the my, my fourth pick is the drafting of the United States Constitution uh, by James Madison. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That wasn't even on my list. One of the all time great drafts. Uh, it is you, he did not write the Constitution, Charlotte. He drafted it. Um, it is a a document that, as we know, has not needed to be changed at all <laughs> since he wrote it. Um, <laughs> I am losing it. <laughs> it okay. Was, 
It was a very perfect piece of literature. Uh, it has been amended. That does not mean change. That means amended. We've touched it up a few times. Um, but if you want to change it now in 2021, you are uh, you hate America. So don't you dare talk like that because we do not change James Madison's great piece of work. Uh, no, that is there's some. What, what is the line of demarcation um, where? Things are no longer written; they are drafted. What year was that? Was it? It's got to be sometime in like the 1800s. Where no, like no, no, no. I think being, they're still I, drafted today. I think I think official documents are still drafted. Oh, okay. So it's a legal setting. You're still yeah. drafting. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I do feel like back in the day and and the 1700s, you're you, it was you're drafting everything. Like if you're just writing. If you're like, if you're had a had a quill pen and like a scroll, and you're just drawing a dick, and you're gonna roll it up and like hand it to your friend, <laughs> you would still say, "I drafted this dick for you." <laughs> you know, like I still think the terminology is like, "I drafted this." That was funny, Mark. That was really funny. You got. I didn't see that coming. You got. Oh yeah, that, well, you know why? It's because they wrote on things called drafting tables. There you go. And architects still use drafting tables. And that and oh a drafting table is actually on my big board, but I don't want to take it. <laughs> right. I want to take my next pick is how much a ship drafts. Which means <laughs> I know what this means. I'm a sailor. Right, because you're a sailor now. I'm which sailor. means I this is one of my favorite things in the world is knowing how much of a boat exists mm-hmm. beneath the water. It's the depth of the water needed to float a ship. So if you're if the part of the boat underneath the water, say the keel is eight feet, you're gonna need a nine foot draft. Right. Like the draft right. is cut it's because otherwise it's it's grounded. And as someone who has hit many rocks with mm-hmm. many motorboats, I get very excited when a boat has a has a very low draft. Like if you're in mm-hmm. a little skiff, a little motorboat that has like a one foot draft, you can just you don't really have to worry about too much unless something's sticking up out of the water. If you have a boat with maybe like five or six feet, I have really done some huge boatical damage before. <laughs> so, um, and I and I just I'm such a nerd about boats that I love knowing what a boat. I'm like, what is a draft? You yeah. know, like how yes. what, how much is that? You know, like it's a yes. really it's a really great question to ask someone who just bought a boat. Great question. Also, if you're a newbie sailor like I am, to come across as a poser, like you're get like when I'm getting when I rent sailboats, uh, when I'm up in Santa Barbara and I'm taking a boat out, I'll step on the boat and I'll turn around to like the the guy who runs the joint. I'm like, yeah, what's the draft on this thing again? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, he'll tell me, and I say that as though I have any idea like what the harbor, the layout of the harbor is. Like I know the clearance at any point with within right. the harbor. I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 six feet, cool, got it, got it. And he's and like, then, do you uh, know where the ledges are? And you're like, absolutely not. Absolutely but. not. That does me no good. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, that that's my next pick. It also feels like some Aunt Shar when she's doing summer camp and she's teaching these kids how to sail. She would use the draft of the boat as some sort of analogy for life to be like, like you should write a children's book about a boat that had a big draft and there was a lot going on under the water and everyone took it for granted and it looked like a small boat up top, but it actually had a lot of power underneath the water. And like you, you tell your kids this as you're teaching these eight year olds how to sail, you're reading, you're, you're doing like a, you have like a children's book that you're showing That's- the pictures. <laughs> That's so cute. That's like the cutest thing I've ever heard. Oh, I love it. And and it can be like, you know, you never, right, don't judge a book by its cover, but also like there can be another boat that has really small draft and it's doing great too because it can just skim over life's problems and then, yes. but they're still friends and different yes. people can be, 
don't yeah and and there's there's a lesson to be learned in there and yeah i don't know you'd have to if you're going to title a children's book it has to be you have to come up with an adjective and then a like an animal or a noun or you know like the the like we could do it it, it, like it, it really is like an ad could. yeah it's uh, the the grumpy monkey or like the <laughs> the angry octopus yeah and like that's the title also a good way to title a sports bar by the way i found like you do like the yeah <laughs> wow you could yeah because the hungry like, horse it, and it's like yeah that's a great bar meet me at the hungry horse you know? <laughs> oh my god yeah wait now i'm thinking about all these bars that actually are that exact yeah Wow! It, that is, yeah. No, it's it's sports bar or children's book. You just do like the 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 agitated frog. I guess agitated <laughs> is probably a little too. <laughs> hey, uh, meet me at the frog. The drunk yeah, frog. Yeah, which one? Oh, you know the the agitated, the agitated frog one. in Santa Barbara. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we'll we'll write a sport. We'll write a sports book. Uh, uh, a children's book about. Okay, boats. that's what we can really do and make money off of. It's a great idea. It's the Uber of, of children's books. <laughs> How All many right, more fun. rounds? Are we this is go? the final round. This is okay. it. This is a. This is a. A. For my final pick, I'm doing this draft that you and I are doing. As no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you should have. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's not a bad idea for your final pick. Uh, my final pick. Yeah, why not? Let's get stupid. Uh, my final pick is the 2006 Indy 500 when Sam Hornish drafted Mar- Marco Andretti coming out of turn four. And catapulted himself to a come from behind victory at the at the f- very last shut second up. to beat Marco Andretti. Is that what you shut had? Up. My shut up, Mark. My last my last pick was gonna be drafting off of someone. <laughs> Are you I say that for last because I was like, Mark is not gonna have this one. What the act Let's go. It's- that was I was gonna take that at number one, and then I was like, no, 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 I can save that. <laughs> Welcome to the big leagues, kid. Uh, Sam Hornish, 20, 2006 Indy 500. Go watch the finish. It's uh, Marco Andretti. There's an Andretti curse at, at Indy at uh, IMS with Indy 500. And Marco Andretti was running his first Indy 500. He was in the lead. His father was in third, I believe. And then Sam Hornish passes the dad. And then it's like Sam Hornish versus Marco Andretti. And then Marco runs like one of the worst final laps ever and has taken all the corners wrong and is very sloppy. Sam Hornish catches up. And then going into turn four, Hornish just like drafts right behind him. And then la- at the very last stretch, just goes whoop and goes right around him. Wins the race. I Sam Hornish Jr., 2006. That's my final pick. Good luck, Charlotte. I am like, <laughs> so mine was going to be, this is too similar to yours. This, this is going to count because I was like, my favorite thing in the world is if you're behind someone in a boat and you can draft off of their wake, you can like plane out and go super, super fast. Or if mm. you're, if you're like, I used to swim a lot. And if you're behind someone in a lane, like it's a lot easier. And, and it's the greatest feeling in the world because you're going pretty fast, but you're not working. It's like, it's like one of those people movers in the airport where you're walking the normal pace oh, yeah, you do, yeah, but you feel yeah. like you're going really fast. <laughs> you're flying, God yeah. damn it, Mark. I should have known that we'd had like the weirdest one would be the same one that we had. All right. Well, okay. I'm going to take. I can't I truly I truly cannot believe that okay um I'm torn between you know I'm gonna take the NHL expansion draft 
<laughs> because I think it is so funny the That's players when when teams have to make players available right for other teams. It's like the rudest thing in the world. Being like, it, it would be like if 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 Fox Digital, if if our boss Mike Buckland was like, okay, well you know they're starting a new property, so we've got to farm some people off, and we're gonna make um, Mark Titus and Charlotte Wilder available, and we'd be like, are you kidding me? No, like no, he, he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, Titus is available. Charlotte, no, hands off, Charlotte. You, you cannot have Charlotte. And then, yeah, oh, Ty, yeah, you can have. Him. I'm and I'm like, okay, right. well, now I don't have a podcast, <laughs> and like, you know, like it really screws yeah. it, like it, yeah. So, and and I also just think it's it's funny. Like I watched, I'm not gonna lie, I watched the um, NHL expansion draft in, you know, let's get specific. The 2017 NHL expansion draft, because that's when they gave Vegas a team. And I remember watching it and being like, there is no way this team is going to be good. And then mm-hmm. they uh, made it to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I love the NHL expansion draft, because it's the only draft where you can be like, there is no way this is going to work. And then it's like, well, surprise. Surprise. It works. That's a good one. I like that. Thanks. That's a good that's a good sub. I am sorry I took your pick, but at the same time, that's how drafts work, baby. No, that's how so. that's showbiz. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Good list. Are there any are there any other ones on your big board that we gotta hit? I had uh I, I wrote down MLS super draft. I don't know if you're aware, but MLS they don't draft players, they super draft them, and I find that hysterical. They so, just put them uh, into the league? No, I mean no, it's a draft. They just call it the super draft and you're like, What oh. what's super about it? And they're like, We don't really I know. I thought it I'm meant just... they just pick people and then teams have to figure it out later. MLS is like stuck in the nineties when everything was extreme and super and <laughs> like like we were talking about the guy the guy in his forties wearing a backwards hat is hosting the show and he's like, Welcome kids to the <laughs> To the Super Draft To the nineteen ninety seven MLS Super Draft. <laughs> the most extreme draft yet. <laughs> Um, uh, I had things on my list that I didn't want. What what were what was on your list that you didn't the, want? The, 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 other, draft. the last one I was gonna say was the first dodgeball draft you ever take part of in a PE class, which like sets the tone oh, of your shit. life for the rest of rest of eternity. And everyone remembers that first moment when you're standing there and the teacher's like in second grade, everyone line up. You you two, two are the captains. captains. And they're like, all right, now draft them. And like, you're standing on the line. You're like, I, for me, it was like, if I don't go first, I quit. <laughs> Mark, I'm not going to lie. I think that the entire reason I'm overconfident and, and like not overconfident, like I know that I'm, I'm at once very aware of my shortcomings and also confident enough to talk on the internet and in podcasts for a living, which like, it's a weird dichotomy. Cause you gotta be, you gotta be like, Somebody wants to hear this. And I think that that part of it comes from, I was usually the first girl picked. Yes. I'm not kidding. Like, that's, I think that is entirely where I can trace back to my I belief mean. It, in it, myself. It, it, it all starts there. It all starts in second grade or first grade, whatever, whatever that first dodgeball, I, it's hard to, like it's if hard I was, to shake that. That's you're, you're stuck with. That's like, that's yeah. like Harry Potter sorting hat, you know, like that's like the sorting hat. No, you 1000%. Put it on, you're like, <laughs> I, are you that cool is or actually, not cool? We find out today. And all right, you're not cool. You suck. <laughs> I'm gonna have to talk to my therapist about this because that is like truly revealed. Like, <laughs> like being picked first was probably like, and it happened enough times that I was just like, try to mess with me now, folks, because I'm gonna be invincible for the rest of my life. Um, I had, I'm just, I just wrote some down that I thought were funny that I just, so I, yep. I did have um, a drafting table on here. Um, I had draft kombucha, which I wasn't gonna pick, but which I thought mm. was funny. Yeah. Um, draft cocktails, which I also don't like. Um, the MLB disgusting. draft because nobody ever knows when it is or when it's happening or like MLB writers do, and everybody else is like, "Huh, 
I didn't. That's Nobody ever knows where any of these pro- like unless you go number one overall. I feel like you never hear about where a guy's drafted. No, like there's I, never like, people just pop up in the in the MLB. Like Fernando like, oh. Tatis, I have no idea where he's. You could tell because it, it, it's not like a it's not a discussion point or and like let me double check that he wasn't first. Go ahead, keep talking. He's gonna okay, be yeah, first you, take, you, you fact check yourself. I also had a draft horse, um, a, a drafty window, which I hate. Um, a second draft and a first draft, which I also hate, and the military draft, which terrified me when I turned eighteen because yeah. I was convinced I was going to be drafted. Which... Yeah, you, well, uh, every every male is supposed to still like sign up for the draft. So, do you know that? Yeah, and I was worried that we were progressive enough by the time that I got there that I was going <laughs> to have to go. I was like, hold off to, on the yeah. women's lib thing until I yeah, age yeah, out until... of the military draft. So, yeah, that's uh, there. We have it. That was fun, Charlotte. We did it. This is the longest show we've ever done, I believe. Um, but you know, I was thinking that as we were doing it, but I was also like, I'm still having fun. Like sometimes right. on a podcast, if it goes long, you're like, we got to wrap this up. But also, like I've enjoyed this whole thing, Mark. I don't know. It's a podcast, you know. Like people can tune in and tune out when they want, and someone will listen to this like eight months from now, and you know, like I don't know. It's, we all we all know how podcasts work. Who cares? Um, right. I, I I love draft. Drafts are fun. It was fun drafting with you. I, I I've said it many times on this show and others that uh, I get very rattled when I do drafts because uh, I I wouldn't know how to react. Like if I was a GM, if I was like the fourth, the, the Falcons, the Falcons aren't gonna. If I was a team that wanted to take say Justin Fields, and I'm certain he's gonna fall to ten, say or wherever it is, um, and he goes third. I would I would just have a panic attack and I wouldn't know how to, if I was the GM I would just be like Same. well screw that I would just throw my papers in the air and be like I quit I, I would I, have I a had complete a plan. come apart I have no plan B when it comes to drafts zero I would immediately None. start calling the team that got him and be like hey hear me out are Give you me- sure <laughs> yeah are you I heard he is he has character issues <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, right, all right well I can't wait to show. see what happens and uh, we will see you guys e- on Tuesday. Email us. Send us oh, emails. Yeah. Uh, what drafts did we miss? Um, what drafts do you enjoy? What uh, what what were your NFL drafts? We, 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 maybe we'll talk about the draft more next week. I don't know. I don't. Maybe something crazy will happen in the NFL draft. This this. I this would love to. Weekend. I love and, uh, crazy things, Mark. All we'll, right. We'll the People Sports Podcast at gmail.com. See you guys.